0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 13 of Mendoza Line. We are back again. Summer trips have had their fun, but as, you know, all things are inevitable when it comes to this, we have returned back. Gravity has pulled us back. I don't know what I'm saying, Nick. I'm just talking. But anyways, I'm glad that you're here, buddy.
1: Glad to be here too. As they say, all good things must come to an end. Time to get back to work, as they say.
0: Wow, that, that kind of sounds like an insult to me. But we're gonna. <laughs> I was going for something very poetic, and I failed. And then you told me that that your good things came to an end, and now you're stuck here in a podcast with me. This is not starting how I wanted it. I was to.
1: just trying to help you out. No, it's it's good yeah. to be back. <laughs> Traveling was fun. I went to very two very warm places, so it's even though it's still pretty warm here, it's nice to not be in consistent 105 degree heat.
0: Yeah, that's that's uh not good for your health
1: no it's not so feeling good now though I'm excited to be back with you how are you well aside from being a little bit tired I am
0: uh, I'm very excited Nick because I found out this week that I'm going to be a dad to a girl I'm having a daughter
1: oh congratulations
0: yes I'm following in your footsteps yes I just want to be like you.
1: Um, but yeah, obviously you had told me before, so it's not too much of a surprise, but
0: it might be to the listeners. Yes. My wife is with child. That is. And that child is a female.
1: Yeah. Obviously it's, it's a life changing occurrence, but in my experience, it has been, it's been pretty great. I've loved every second of it and it's something new every day. That's for sure. So we, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it. There, uh, there's a lot you just kind of have to figure out, but um, yeah, it's
0: like what end the food goes in, and you know all that sort
1: of yeah, stuff. Yeah, um,
0: they're pr- they're pretty resilient, though, right? Yeah,
1: they're they're pretty resilient. <laughs> they don't like to sleep much at the beginning, and they can't really tell you what's wrong.
0: Yeah, that's gotta. Oh, that's gotta be frustrating for both parties.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but there are there are a few things that are. Uh, pretty consistently uh working and in settling them down but no it's it's great little girls are fun in my experience they're they're not quite as crazy as the little little boys <laughs> so from the friends that i we have here some of their little boys are a little crazy but no it's it's definitely humbling in a lot of ways, and she she's um she's getting a lot more mobile but she's become really fascinated with um uh, like baseball like we have uh, a few baseballs around so she likes to pick them up and she's starting to throw them so i'm like <laughs> i have all these dreams of being her t-ball softball coach in the future so it gets me excited but she she's gonna be a righty unfortunately she will not be following my footsteps of being a softball. <laughs> So that I could have probably really taken her places, but she's, she's All right, I have a question consistently for you. throwing with her right hand. Yeah, what's that?
0: Where did the term Southpaw come from? Because no one calls righties paws." Like, I don't understand.
1: Well, I knew when I said that, I was like, I wonder, you know, the, the root of that term. I feel like I've heard that before. That will be something that I'll have to look up because I'm not going to pretend to know. <laughs> or if Gary Coates is listening to this, I'm sure he will offer his input.
0: Yes, I think it comes from the Greek phrase, southpapias, meaning to throw with your offhand.
1: My, in my estimated guess, there has to be a way that certain, back in the day, they tried to construct their stadiums to avoid sunlight, maybe? So if you're left-handed, oh, yeah, maybe so- you're facing south. I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. Because
0: That's honestly, for, for just a random guess, I that actually makes a whole lot of sense. Because back
1: then, they didn't have lights, so you always played in the day. And you don't want the sun to be in the, the batter's eye as they're looking yeah, out. Yeah, so.
0: you know, I, I'm going to go out on, uh, I think, a pretty safe limb and say that if that's not correct, that's a darn good guess.
1: <laughs> Thanks, that's pretty much the only thing I can think of.
0: See, that's that's why you're on this show, Nick, because one of us has to be smart. I'm just here to make comments.
1: <laughs> well, I think nowadays, if you just say something with enough conviction, <laughs> it's the truth. You can't tell me I'm wrong. Who are you to judge me, As Nick? As George Costanza says in Seinfeld, it's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs>
0: I've been wanting to get back into Seinfeld lately, but, you know, time kind of as a way of not being available well
1: you're not going to get that back having a kid i'm sorry
0: yeah yeah well maybe i'll just watch seinfeld with my kid dad of the year uh all right enough of that <laughs> although we could talk about that for for a long long time well there is some news that we have to catch up on since we have been gone for a while and nick i would think of no one better than you to walk us through said news
1: so yeah, I picked out a, a few things that have happened recently um, that I would love to obviously present to the listeners, but also get your thoughts and input uh, and my thoughts as well on these new topics. The first one, Jose Reyes, a, a blast from the past in some regards, um, was re-signed by the Mets this week uh, to a minor league deal. He'll be um, down there in minor leagues for a little bit of time revamping. Uh, to rejoin them, why you ask he was uh assigned to a minor league deal? well, he has not played this year because he was suspended for the first uh first half of the season um stemming from a domestic abuse uh incident that happened uh this past off season uh where basically he is in some hotel in Hawaii and he um was or he forcefully um put his hands around his wife's neck and was yeah very forceful, not good situation at all um the his wife was not cooperative as far as um and pers- pursuing charges, so nothing was ever formally filed but you know in this day and age of in sports, I think that's something that is domestic uh violence abuse um issue has become much more of a hot topic um you, with other athletes where that's come up it's become you know i think this is a good thing uh much more of a you know that if you if you do this you're kind of viewed as the scum of the earth you're kind of viewed as they need to put the hammer down on you you shouldn't be able to just get by with that um and i think you know you look at a few other situations Recently, you know, Ray Rice is maybe one of them at the top of my head. With he was an NFL player, kind of ruined his career. I mean, he was he was getting older. He's on his way, anyways. But you know, when that video of him came out of him hitting his wife, that kind of sealed the deal, and people yeah. were really angry about that. Well, you know, Jose Reyes did this this past offseason. The uh, Major League Baseball suspended him, um, despite not a conviction, because. They're like the other sports leagues as well. They want to take a firm stance against that. So, um, so yeah, he paid his time, uh, as you can say. The Rockies actually this past uh, – he was on the Rockies. They just straight up released him, and he had like three years, $40 million left on his deal.
0: Yeah, that they're on the hook Which, for.
1: Yeah, they basically, just, they basically said, we don't want you anymore. Go away. Here's $40 million to go away. So a bit of a controversy in the fact that the Mets signed him. He he was on the Mets for a long time, came up with the Mets. Um, But, yeah, they're kind of in need of some shortstop help. So, yeah, obviously that's a, a big thing in the news now, and I would love to get your thoughts on um, was that a good idea? Uh, would you do that? I, I guess I have my own thoughts, but, uh, yeah, what do you think? Um. See, this is one of those those tricky topics
0: because in no way do I want to affirm the action that Jose Reyes took against his wife. Like, in every single possible situation, that is an abhorrent thing to do. Um, but what is tricky about these sorts of situations is Major League Baseball is not moral, right? It's just an entity. Like, morality doesn't affect if you're good or bad at baseball, right? And so these teams, like the Rockies, like kudos to them. They they took a $40 million hit because they believed what he did was wrong, and so wrong that they didn't even want him anywhere in the organization. And whether that was for moral reasons or simply PR reasons, I don't know, right? But, you know, so kudos to them for taking a stand. Um, did, and then on the other... It didn't, oh, go it ahead. didn't
1: hurt that Trevor Story emerged, and they... Uh, no longer needed a shortstop, but yeah,
0: correct. Yeah, I, I mean, had had he been like you know their best player, you know, uh, like it'd be interesting to see like if this was someone like Mike Trout or Bryce Harper, who's the face of the team has been for a while, will be for a long time. It, you know, it that that you know would I think would be really telling about the organization. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, um. I think the Rockies did what they thought was best from a baseball standpoint and from a PR standpoint. I hate to think that morals had really much of anything to do with it because this is all business, and all they'll tell you is this is business, right? And so I think for them, the the PR hit was worse than the money hit. And to your point, they have a guy who can play shortstop and can hit. Um, I, d- I don't fault the Mets – for signing someone on the cheap that they know can play. Um, And again, it's it's not because I'm sure they're never going to come out and say, hey, we're glad that you did that to your wife. Come play baseball for us, right? No, but for them, it's a shrewd business decision. And oftentimes, the media and us as fans want to have it both ways. We want all of our uh, best, you know, players and general managers to be stand-up guys on and off the field, but also, you know, be the best at what they do. And sometimes that does happen. You know, you get guys like Steve Eiserman for the Red Wings. Based on anyone you talk to, stand-up guy on and off the field, really, really good at what he did. Rink, sorry, not field. Um, But a lot of times you have you have players that are really, really good at what they do and do stupid things off the field. Right. They're not the like we want every major league baseball player to be the perfect role model for little boys and girls that like baseball. And it's just not going to happen. And I don't think you can fault the Mets for making a shrewd business decision on saying we know this guy. He made a mistake. he's going to counseling. We're going to require that he continues to go to counseling, and we're going to get a really 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 cheap player that we know can help us yeah i you know I don't see how you can fault the Mets for making that business decision yeah
1: you know i <clears throat> I don't think you said anything wrong there i I agree. I think the rub becomes, and yeah what if what if is it a at a it's a Bryce Harper caliber player. You know, a guy that's just coming into his prime, known as one of the best players in, you know, in the sport, and he does something like that, you know, what is gonna be the response in that situation? And like you said, you know, baseball's not a it's not a moral entity. Um, that's not their responsibility. they they do have guidelines now and stipulations to where if that's something like that happens, there's gonna be consequences but what it's more the team and their response which i think is going to be really really telling and um yeah i think what is most important and i think you you hit on you know baseball is a is is an entity where a lot of influential people watch it you know you've got a lot of kids um a lot of people who watch it and you got to be careful of the message that you're sending um i just i Especially in this case of domestic abuse, and I mean, its context is important. You got to know if this was like a one-time thing, if this is a guy that you know is habitually doing this, because you know, abuse of women and children—that's that's that's a a tier of evil and lowness that it's really makes me uncomfortable to think about. Um, Having someone on my on my favorite team um, who has been convicted of that, and yeah, it would be pretty vital for me to know that there are pretty strict guidelines in place um, and a, a kind of a zero tolerance policy for the future. I, you know, this kind of hit home for me with Earl Chapman and what he did last offseason in a somewhat similar situation. Um, I don't know if there was as much physical contact, but there was some verbal threatening. There's a gun involved, and yeah, the Reds kind of just dumped him um, for what was perceived as very little. And I, I was, you know, I was obviously disappointed in that situation, but I, I was kind of glad they just got rid of him because it would have been really tough for me to look at him or be able to root for him knowing what he did. You know, and that's a guy that's at the top of his profession um, at this point. So yeah, while I, while I can't, I guess, fault the Mets for what they did, I think there's just such a fine line that um, teams need to, I guess, chart their course and um, what they're articulating is what is important and what they're just not going to stand for. And, you know, Jose Reyes, that's, that's a pretty easy guy to just, you know, because he's, he's older. Um, he doesn't add a whole lot of, I guess value out of outside of you know he's familiar with the Mets they are with him he was pretty good with them so I don't know I guess playing a little bit of a devil's advocate I just don't see the value in in signing him and making this a news story that it's become but I guess we'll see and I'm all I'm all about second chances as well and not um, vilifying someone for a mistake but yeah it's a fine line.
0: Yeah, for sure. And we'll see, we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah. Um Pete Rose. Yeah. You got inducted into the Reds Hall of Fame, Nick. Now, let's flip the moral story to you, away
1: <laughs> <laughs> from Yeah. So this one, yeah. This was my weekend and watching the Reds. They uh made made this last 4 days all about. They uh they got permission this past offseason to um to uh, induct Pete into the Reds Hall of Fame. Important caveat is it's not the Baseball Hall of Fame because obviously he's banned from baseball and having anything to do with baseball and especially being in the, the Baseball Hall of Fame because he, he gambled on baseball, which is right up there with <laughs> the things that you cannot do. Um, probably right below kill a person. I don't know. But maybe even above because as far as like the integrity of the game. But yeah, this this whole weekend was kind of celebrating him and his accomplishments as the the hit king um, from baseball and Charlie Hustle, the way that he plays the game, and it's 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 a t- it's a totally different generational thing because I I never saw him play. I really am generally apathetic towards him. I I guess I appreciate what he did for the Reds as part of the Big Red Machine in the mid '70s that helped them win two World. World Series titles. And a lot of people say that you know he he only bet on the Reds to win, so it was never a situation where he would tank just because he was such an ultra competitor. Which you know, that splitting hairs a little bit of that's something that he explicitly knew he was not supposed to do, and he did it anyways. So, yeah, I guess that's great. Um, on one hand, I mean, towards him as a person, I'm. I guess I'm. I don't, I'm, I don't get too big into Hall of Fame anyways. I just got a little annoyed by by him. I mean, he's just a very narcissistic person in my regard like it's and even just getting annoyed by the whole the whole Pete Rose story kind of over just being an overarching theme of the Reds like they played four games this this weekend and yeah, they're not very good. They lost 3 out of the 4, but it just became all about him, and it just it's just growing old this um, this narrative and celebrating the past and um, I guess a certain way that he you know he played the game. He made same comment about because he was like he was never hurt, never sick, missed very. I think he was only he's in the big leagues for over twenty years. was only on the DL twice, and you know I guess Joey Votto. I was really sick a couple of days ago. Missed a couple of games, and he made some comment about if you're getting paid twenty million dollars, like you you need to be out there playing. So just just little things like that. Um, I mean, it was a big deal for the for the Reds um, organization, inducting him, getting his number retired. But I guess just personally for me, I, I grew really really tired of it, and I wish that he would just go away. Maybe it will now that he's. In the Reds Hall of Fame, you know I don't I don't think he'll ever get in the Baseball Hall of Fame. That ship has sailed. But just uh, yeah, that, but yeah, I mean it's it's big news in the in the baseball world because a lot of people thought that that would probably ne- never even happen, that he would actually get into the the team's Hall of Fame.
0: I'm I'm shocked that Major League Baseball let that happen.
1: Yeah, it's
0: I mean a lifetime ban's a lifetime ban.
1: Well, they. Got a, Except when it's not, apparently. They got a, got a new commissioner a couple of years ago. So that evidently he's a little bit more lenient to that. And they, he did apply for reinstatement, and that was denied in, in the general. So he's not really – he has to get permission to even step foot on a baseball field. Um, so like weekends like this, he gets permission for that. But after that, he goes back to, yeah, he can't be a part of – any organization beyond the field, at all. So, you know, if it it means a lot to certain people to have him, notif- um receive that kind of, you know, honor award, that's fine. I guess I'm, it's not a hill to die because at the end of the day, like, he knows what he did. He knows that, you know, he's a he's a person that, you know, really struggled with gambling and had a gambling addiction. And uh, he kind of reaped what he sowed in a sense. So if that's what he really values as a person, then I guess that's great. But at the end of the day, like, what do you want to be known for? And yeah, I guess he's known as one of the greatest hitters of all time, but he's also always going to be known as someone who gabled on baseball, lied about it multiple times, and is, you know, a guy that He's kind of all about himself in, in a way, and that's maybe that's a personal opinion of of what I've seen, what i have known. But he definitely has a cult following of of people, and if people as so much as say anything negative about him, you know, you kind of, they come out of out of the woodwork to defend him. So it's also kind of funny because you know the whole each hero thing recently of you know he's approaching three thousand hit. MLB and Major League Baseball but he also had a ton of hits in Japan so like some people were making some comments about how you know Ichiro was in a professional hits approaching you know Pete Rose and of of course those people were just out in the works of just defending him as not even close to being what what Pete Rose was and I was just like why are we even arguing about this this is stupid and
0: Pete Rose himself even was like his his Japan hits don't count right all of mine were in major league baseball and half of his were in Japan or whatever the shake. He goes, they don't count. I'm still the hit king.
1: Right. So yeah, he's the, he's the hit king. That's that title is important to him. Good Even for though that each is a phenomenal, like they're both phenomenal hitters. It's just that each came in the league when he was in his late twenties. And if he would have been in the majors, his whole career, he probably would have had close to that many hits, but But he didn't, so it's a moot point. But anyways, it's a big deal in the the new scope of things, but he is now officially in the Reds Hall of Fame. Number 14 has been retired and will never be worn by a Reds player again.
0: (sighs) Oh, darn. (laughs) All right, Nick. Yeah. Let's talk about one more. Well, a few bits of potential news. And that is, we are approaching the middle of the season. Yep. Which means that between now and, what would you say, August, teams are going to start shopping uh, players to stock up for future drafts because teams are now... Pretty much certain some of them cough cough atlanta uh know that they're not gonna win
1: <laughs> yes they' uh they are tanking so
0: potential trade candidates, I think is something that you need to educate me on
1: well, yeah, we're about a month out. the trade deadline this year is actually August first because oh really okay july thirty first is a Sunday, so just for this year they moved it to the first um so yeah, I guess so when you're look at
0: Major League Baseball honoring the Sabbath.
1: <laughs> I maybe they are a moral I entity. I think that's exactly why they did it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the trade deadline, it's as we become, yeah, we're I think we're just a few games out here from the halfway point. So teams are becoming to yeah, become aware of just how good they are, how good of a chance they have of competing, you know, you have your your ones that are definitely like the Cubs, who you know are going to be in the playoffs, you got a whole bunch of teams that are kind of in the middle. They like they're probably a few games out. They they maybe sh- weren't expected to be in there, so you're kind of like, well, do we go for it? Do we not? Uh, you have a you know a whole bunch of teams in that boat, and then you've got a few teams like the Twins, Braves, and Reds that have been out of it since the second week of the season. So those teams that are out of it are obviously going to try to trade their uh, most valuable major league pieces to that maybe aren't going to be around that much longer contract wise to you know gain some younger controllable pieces. So we will we'll put a article in the show notes. um, MLB Trade Movers did a top fifteen trade candidates that. um, Yeah, they kind of list the top fifteen guys that you know, because they're on teams that probably are going to be competing and uh, contractually are, are probably going to be more apt to be traded over the course of the month. Um, so it's interesting, you know, because it really, it's really going to fluctuate. You know, you're going to have teams even over the pa- next couple of weeks that are going to go on a either a hot streak and kind of get back in contention and try to go for it. Um, or maybe even like you know the Tampa Bay Rays have lost 11 in a row to whereas you know a week and a half ago they were 500 they're like they're still in the thick of things but now you know they've kind of they're in last place in the east they're they're not going to go anywhere so they may have some guys that become more available because of that so it's fun because it's so like it fluctuates Um, uh, yeah there's going to be a lot of rumors over this next month of potential deals happening and so on but uh, of particular interest to me, the number one guy on that top fifteen trade candidates list is Jay Bruce, who has kind of have had a resurgent year. He's really rebuilt his trade value because he he had such an awful past couple years um, for injury and I think just a head case reasons. But he's he's a yeah he's back to where you know he's the top perhaps prospect in baseball when he's coming up and he's he's leading the league in a few offensive categories right now so as a reds fan that's been great to see him kind of rebound and have some success uh because he's always he's always had the talent but yeah he's he will be a free agent after next year and the reds are not going to be in contention by that point so yeah it's going to be smart for them to try to move him for for some pieces so he's a he's a name to kind of watch and then a few others that I think will be traded as well. Jonathan Lucroy, a catcher for the Brewers, uh, kind of known to be a really solid catcher, um, one of the more offensively capable catchers as well. Um, he uh, the Brewers are also a team that's they're a few years away from contending, and he uh, he could be a, a really valuable asset to a, a team contending. So I could see him moving, and then one of the top pitchers on the market, Julio Teheran, for the Braves. He uh, he's he's uh been like, like an ace. He's just been filthy uh, so far this year, and there's already been some rumors about the Red Sox inquiring about him, and because they're a team that has the prospects to be able to acquire someone like that. So we'll uh we'll see. Um, yeah, what kind of happens over this next month? Um, what teams decide to do? the returns they're able to get, etc. kind of teams are in the middle. Like I think the tigers are probably in that boat. I think they're around 500. They've, you know, been hot and cold. I don't, I don't really see them selling. That's not a, a franchise that likes to do that. They only did that last year because they were pretty far out of it and they had one of the best two trade pieces on the whole market and David price and UN assess, So, so yeah, we'll see the, uh, the rumors should be fun to follow and, you know, as a Reds fan, I hope Bruce and then Zach Cozart's another guy, um, same boat of being a free agent after next year, that they need to trade and get something of value back for before they uh, become free agents, become more expensive, and before the Reds can actually compete again. Did that uh, yeah. help answer any questions, anything come out?
0: Yeah, no, I always um, look forward to this part of sports seasons because it's interesting to see – uh, you know, what teams do and how they choose to um, proceed. You know, are they just – do they expect that the team they have is going to magically turn it around? Or are they cheap and don't want to buy people? And, you know, especially like this year with the uh, the Tigers, with them sitting where they are in the standings, not, not totally out of it, um, but definitely not guaranteed to make the playoffs um, if they're going to uh, go after a few – people are not so right we'll and it's see. it's
1: risky because sometimes you know you trade for a guy and your your team still doesn't make mm-hmm. the playoffs so you lose out on maybe some talent that but it also sometimes works out you know the royals last year traded for cueto which the reds got three young pitchers who are all pitching in the rotation now so it was a good trade for the reds but they uh you know cueto struggled when he was over there but he had a couple of really good starts in the playoffs that you know, I would say argued, I would argue without that. They don't win the World Series. So, you know, some teams, you know, you kind of just got to put your, you got to trade in your, your assets for uh, something that can help you now. And it can really, it can help you win a World Series. And if that happens, like there's just no regrets in that case, because that's so hard to do. So I think that's why teams will still do it, even though it's risky. And, you may lose out on some prospects, but prospects are are not guaranteed um to always work and you may not get an opportunity to compete again. You know, it's with injuries and, and whatnot, it can be hit and miss. So yeah, it's it's fun for me too. I really enjoy seeing the the parts move and see teams take a chance and go for it. And, you know, for someone like me who's roots for a terrible team, it gives me some hope. You know they could trade for maybe that next uh, few pieces of the the next contender, so it keeps me interested in that. So we'll uh, I'm sure we'll track that, and if there are trades or news, we'll uh, we'll talk about that and break it down. But yeah, there's some names on that list um, of guys we could see traded. Some other guys may pop on there. Um, injuries may happen, etc. So we will see you over the next month.
0: Indeed. Alright, Nick. Time for our main topic, sir.
1: Yes. So we uh also coming up, the All Star game is just uh over a little over two weeks away, I believe. So the midsummer classic. Um hard to believe we're we're almost there, but it's always a fun summer tradition. A lot of good memories as a kid watching that game. And the cool thing about baseball is each team is represented uh, on the All-Star team, no matter how bad you are. So, I, one of my favorite parts of the whole season is the introductions as they're going through the line, and there's always so much pride when uh, when it's your when it's your guy on your team, even if it's just that one guy. Um, I think that's something really cool that baseball does. That I don't think any other sport does. But the uh, the voting is in full swing already. Um, and the, I think the next update actually comes out tomorrow, but we have, I have the, uh, the list of, of guys that are, cause it's all done by votes at this point. So what's kind of annoying about it is the, uh, it's, it's more of a popularity contest. You know, the guys that play for the big markets are normally at the top and it's not necessarily the guys that actually deserve it. So I'll, uh, I'll read off the guys that are leading right now. Um, and, um. Well, uh, we're actually gonna do the ones that we believe in the American League and National League that actually deserve uh, to be in the game. It's not always. It's not always about a you know a popularity contest. So, so in the National League, the uh, top vote getter for first base is Anthony Rizzo. Second base is Ben Zobrist. Third base, Chris Bryant. Shortstop, Addison Russell catcher <laughs> yadier Molina. so the first four i named were all cubs and the catcher was yadier Merlina, who's not having a very good year at all so i rizzo and bryant definitely deserve it zobris and russell do not they're good players but they're not at the top of their list and then the outfielders are dexter fowler cub bryce harper and joanna cespedes so, a lot of cubs, a lot of cardinals, and met international, so all all big markets,
0: yeah, and I'm gonna spill the beans here. none of those guys are on your list.
1: Nope, they're not because I went through and did a little research and tried to choose the ones that were most deserving, so it's it's a bit of a unjust um way to do things, but that's the world we live in. And, and things could change as well. So the AL, um, it's booting up right now. The first base representative is right now, Eric Cosmer. Second base, Jose Altuve. Third base, Manny Machado. Shortstop, Xander Bogarts. Designated hitter, David Ortiz. Catcher, Salvador Perez. And the top three out, outfielders are Mike Trout, Jackie Bradley Jr., and Mookie Betts. So I think the American <laughs> League is actually way way better there's actually some very deserving people there
0: I was gonna say that's I, I did not pick zero of those guys <laughs> I picked I picked a certain amount of them
1: yeah I mean I didn't do American League but just in kind of knowing the seasons like Altuve Machado Bogarts Trout Jackie Bradley they all they're having phenomenal seasons but I won't steal your thunder so yeah we, uh, we picked her. Our, I picked the National League, you picked the American League on who we thought deserved because of the seasons they're actually having. So we'll, uh, we'll kind of go, we'll start at catcher and then uh, work our way through, kind of go back and forth. Sound good? Indeed. All right, so for catcher, this one was a little tough, um, choosing between two guys, uh, Wilson Ramos and Buster Posey. But I went with Wilson Ramos um, for this reason. He is—he's uh, tied for the National League lead in home runs. Um, has a 9.48 OPS, which is fantastic. Anything over uh, 0.9 is really, really good. And the Nationals, as a staff, as a pitching staff, have the third lowest ERA. So he just all around uh, defensively working that staff and offensively well, having a really good season. are uh, Posey's still a great player. The Giants have a really good staff ERA as well, but I gave the slight nod to Wilson Ramos.
0: I chose Salvador Perez because there's really not anyone else that even compares to him in the American League, honestly.
1: Catching offensive statistics this year are really rough.
0: Well, but it's not even that. It's how much he plays. Like, the only guy that plays – almost as much as him, is uh, Vought out in Oakland. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you, you don't, in the American League, have a regular three out of four, or four out of five games catcher. It doesn't exist. Uh, that, and he's also having a decent year. 293 average, OPS of eight forty eight, twelve 12 homers, 36 RBIs, and, you know, the Royals are doing all right. So it was just more of It wasn't like... Anyone's having an amazing year, it's like there are two guys that are doing okay, and he's the better of the two guys so it wasn't the the pickings were slim for this position
1: yeah, that's a great choice too he's a he's a great player all right n l first base this was another tough one between two guys but i I chose paul goldschmidt over rizzo uh more for i think goldschmidt's a little bit more well rounded as far as he is second um above Rizzo and OPS and yeah, he, he's he got 10 steals um which is yeah seven more than Rizzo and uh he only has three errors in the whole year so 0.996 uh fielding percentage Uh he actually won the gold glove last year as well so and I think without him the Diamondbacks are just an awful team but he is single-handedly keeping them in the In the hunt, they're they're surging a little bit, but they're right around 500, but I also love, I think he's a great player. So I I picked him just slightly over Rizzo, but Rizzo being voted on would not be super egregious like some of the other ones. All right, so
0: this was a hard one for me first base because there are two people that deserve to be in the game at this position in the American League and that's Miguel Cabrera and Eric Hosmer. Their stats are freaky close. Mhm. Miguel Cabrera has scored one more run than Eric Hosmer. Eric Hosmer has one more hit than Cabrera. Cabrera has one more double than Hosmer. They both have one triple and then uh, Cabrera's got four more home runs, but Hosmer's got one more RBI.
1: Yeah, it's close. They
0: I mean, they're crazy close. Hosmer has a better average which is frightening that Cabrera's is 296 that's that's super low for him but he's got a better obp and a better better slugging slugging percentage which means he's got a better ops um
1: and he was actually he's been in a slump the last three or four days like pretty bad slump so that's just recently dipped under 300
0: yeah and so i was trying to just play this by the stats like obviously I haven't watched every game. I don't know who's on a hot streak, who's in a, you know, in a slump. I don't know who's um, you know, perceptively playing worse than the numbers say they are, that sort of stuff. This is a purely who has the better the better stats exercise for me. And so, I picked Cabrera here because his OBP and his slugging percentage are higher and he strikes out less and he has more walks and more home runs and one less rbi so in in the stats that matter to me for a first baseman he wins plus he plays for the tigers so yeah you know
1: great he's a great (laughs) choice Uh,
0: but i do think hosmer should be on the team just not starting
1: yeah absolutely he's also a good player uh second base was a little bit easier i think daniel murphy he is having an amazing year uh, for the Nationals, he at this point, almost halfway through the season, is hitting 349, which I don't put a ton of stock on average all the time, but that's pretty incredible uh, to be doing that. Also, com- uh, compare that with a 391 OBP, a 577 slugging, and he's OPSing 968 as a second baseman. So that was a great signing by the Nationals, especially to take him away from the Mets. Last year, a lot, you know, he had that really great postseason run. He kind of was pretty average outside of that, but he's kind of he's really kept that going, um, and has really been the the cornerstone of that uh, Nationals offense, um, alongside of Harper. So, yeah, uh, Daniel Murphy is my second baseman.
0: All right, mine. This was the no brainer for. Me as well here at second base. And that is Jose Altuve, who is having almost as good of a year as Daniel Murphy is. He's got 103 hits already. <laughs> nice. Which is insane. Yeah. 23 doubles, 13 homers, 44 RBIs, 38 walks, 18 stolen bases, a 347 average, and his OPSing 987.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's five and, foot six.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and Houston's not been having a good year, like as as a team collectively. Like we all kind of figured that they would be a lot.
1: They are. They're doing a lot better, but yeah, they're still around five hundred. But
0: they start. They started off so, so bad, bad that the fact that they were five hundred is impressive. Um, but yeah, I mean, the dude's just having a monster year, and you know, some people might argue that Robinson Cano should be on there because he's got you know better power numbers. Except that. Mm, he has six more home runs and nine more RBIs, but he has 20 more strikeouts, 18 less stolen bases, 50 points less on the average, 75 points less on the OB. I mean, it's just it's you you can't argue against Jose Altuve as a starter.
1: Yeah, he's he's been phenomenal this year. All right, at third base, I picked Nolan Arenado from the Rockies, and this is another situation where I think it's going to be criminal if – chris bryant gets it over him because he's beating him in like every category except for runs chris bryant has two more runs but he has uh nine more hits um three more home runs 12 more rbis he's walked two more times struck out 37 less times um he's hitting 296 that chris bryant's 265 higher obp higher slugging by a lot He's OPSing 962. Oh, and he's also one of the best defensive third basemen in the whole league. So pairing that, just crushing every pretty much offensive category in um, NL third basemans to also being a goal glover, I think he is the absolute shoe-in choice for third base.
0: Yeah, I, uh, for third, I struggle with third base actually, um, because I think that, again, there's two options here, uh, those being Manny Machado and Josh Donaldson. Um, they have very, very close statistics in many categories except for average OBP and slugging percentage. Everything else is very similar. Um, but Machado's hitting 325 and Donaldson's hitting two eighty-eight. And uh Machado's OPS 993, which is insane. And Donaldson's is nine sixty, which is also pretty stinking good. Um but I, I stuck with Machado just because uh better average, better slugging percentage, better OPS, very similar home run numbers, very similar RBI numbers, uh very similar Strikeout numbers, so I I just went with Machado for the higher OPS and the higher average.
1: All right, shortstop. This was this was also very tough. There there are a few guys very deserving. I I went. I guess this is probably the one where I, I was a little bit biased to my personal preference, but I picked Corey Seager, the rookie shortstop from the Dodgers, um, over uh Trevor Story and uh Diaz from the Cardinals. Um they're all very close statistically. Uh their OPSs are are very, very close. Um I chose Seeger just it's kind of incredible what he's doing as a rookie. Um you know he's he's sitting second in that lineup for a, a pennant chasing team. Um that's a lot of pressure and he's really responded Um, well, he's uh, second in the the league for shortstops and home runs to Trevor Story. And, you know, Trevor Story had, he has 19 right now, and he had, I think he had 10 or 11 in the first, like, week. Um, So Seager's been a little bit more, uh, had a sustainable pace, um, walking at a good clip, and he has half the strikeouts of Trevor Story. So I I think there's a ton of value in uh, putting the ball in play uh, like he is. Um, and he's getting on base uh, at a really, really good clip as well, playing really good defense for the Dodgers. You are, um, and it didn't feel right picking two Rockies right in a row for that. So I picked uh, Corey Seager because, yeah, I think he's going to be starting shortstop for the National League for the foreseeable future.
0: All right, I chose Xander Bogarts, and it really, again, came down to two guys for me. Um. well I guess three uh, Bogarts and then Francisco Lindor from Cleveland and then uh, Carlos Correa in Houston who is putting up some pretty decent numbers but it just Bogarts is sitting 344 he's got 108 hits which is 20 more than Lindor 50 RBIs only nine home runs, so I mean he's driving runs in by putting the ball in play. He does have fifty strikeouts, but that's only nine more than Lindor and is twenty six less than Correa. Double digit stolen bases, um, OPS is eight ninety two, so he's almost at that magic nine hundred number. Uh, he's slugging four ninety seven, um, and he's doing so for a really good team.
1: There are some amazing shortstops in the in the American League right now.
0: Which is funny because for a while there was a severe drought.
1: Yeah. They're, I mean, you look at that And now list, they're, it's
0: like a renaissance.
1: You've got Bogarts, Lindor, Correa. Like, those are three just... They're going to be really good for a long time. That's almost the new A-Rod, Jeter, and Garcia Parra.
0: Mm-hmm. And then there's Nunez from Minnesota who's having... I mean, he's hitting 312. Yeah. He's not having a bad year at all. He's got 17 stolen bases. So, yeah, there's... The the position has turned back over to having multiple options, yeah. where it's not just, you know, Johnny Peralta. Like, yeah, <laughs> I
1: mean Bogarts, Lindor, and Correa—they're going to be all stars, pretty much. They're perennially going to be all stars. Yeah. They're really good players. Um, National League outfield. This was, this was tough. <laughs> there are, I mean, there's. It kind of depends on what you want as far as, um, there. I mean, there's guys that are they're hitting the ball good, but they're not, you know, necessarily maybe the best defenders they are not getting on base a ton. You've got your on base guys, you got steals. So I, uh, this one was tough as far as picking starters, but I went with, um, my first or my son of my center fielder, I picked, uh, Mar- Marcelo Zuna, which I was a little surprised by, but when I looked at his stats. He, um, Maybe it's just because he had such a rough couple of years, but he's he's leading the National League in OPS at 948, um, hitting 320, and yeah, he's he's doing all this playing center field at um, a very large uh, outfield to play in. Uh, he struck his uh, strikeout rate down way uh, lower than what it was, getting on base at a really good clip, um, uh, doing really well at the top of their lineup, and then... I'll just pick my other two as well. I, I went with Jay Bruce, a little bit of a homer pick, but he is leading the National League outfield in slugging. Uh five eighty one. He's a uh, first in RBI, which isn't the best statistic to judge someone on. It's a bit arbitrary, but he's it's a product of him uh, slugging at such a high percentage. He's also third in home runs, which he hit another one today. Um so yeah, he's uh he's a really He's had a really good year, really a uh, bounce back well. So it's been good to see. I think he deserves the all star bid. And then my third outfielder is Carlos Gonzalez. Um uh, he's leading the national league in runs. He's fourth in OPS and nine oh nine, um, hitting over three hundred like he always does. But that was that was tough. Um I mean Bryce Harper is in the the argument, but his numbers are a lot lower than those other three guys. And uh, he's only hitting 249 right now. Um, he's not slugging near as high as those other guys are either. So, so yeah, I think those are, those are the three guys that are most deserving to start.
0: All right. I chose for my American League outfield, uh, I think these are all going to be pretty obvious picks, just based on the talent that is there. Mike Trout is just doing what Mike Trout does. Which is just being really, really good. I mean, what, 17 extra base hits, 16 home runs, 52 RBIs, 47 walks, 10 stolen bases, 313 average, OPS of 962. Yeah, like, duh. I mean, it's just, (laughs) yeah. Now, not to be, well, to be outdone by one one thousandth of a point an OPS or yeah. He's he's OPSing nine sixty one as Jackie Bradley Jr. Who's got twenty four extra base hits, thirteen home runs, forty nine RBIs, thirty one walks, six steals, three hundred average and is OPSing nine sixty one as I said. So those two were shoe-ins for me. Just, yep, go do what you do, have fun while you do it. Uh, My third spot, though, I gave to Ian Desmond, who made the switch to center field uh, this year. And, uh, well, it's turned out to be kind of a good move for him. Dude's got 20 extra base hits, 13 bombs, 49 RBIs, 23 walks, 13 steals, 322 average, and an OPS of 8.98. The other option that I was considering was Michael Saunders in Toronto. But I decided to go with Desmond because Desmond's got 16 more RBIs in a lot more at-bats, actually, now that I see that. Uh, They strike out the same. Saunders has zero stolen bases. Desmond's got 13. And Desmond's batting average is 28 points higher. But Saunders is OPSing 944. So it was a real toss-up. But I don't have a ranger on my team yet, so I went with Ian Desmond.
1: Yeah, he's he's made that transition well um, to the American League. All right, my uh, my five starting pitchers that I picked and the, the guy that I want to start the All-Star game, pretty easy to choose, uh, Clayton Kershaw. Currently leading the league in pretty much everything. Also has a like 20... Uh, k to baseball or k K to (laughs) walk ratio which is oh my gosh it's k to baseball ratio it's funny um that's the show title that's the that's the show title yeah he is he's ridiculous he has um looking up his number of walks real quick because it's really small but I don't know how you don't pick him. He has seven walks on the whole year, 141 strikeouts, <laughs> seven walks. So he's the shoe-in, and then there's a, a lot of really strong candidates, but the other four were uh, Noah Syndergaard, Jake Arrieta, uh Jose Fernandez, and Madison Bumgarner, all guys with low twos or below two ERAs, uh, below one whips, uh, aces for their staffs. Um yeah, I uh, would love to have any one of those guys on my team.
0: All right. I think the person that's gonna start the game for the American League is uh well he's from the Windy City and his name is Chris Sale. Thirteen and two, two seven nine ERA with a point nine eight whip and a hundred and nine strikeouts. His, his ratios is, you know, not not quite, he's got 23 walks, but 109 strikeouts um, and 113 innings pitched. So Chris Sale is my starter. Then after him, I've got Marco Estrada from Toronto, Danny Salazar from Cleveland, Cole Hamels, which was surprising to me, and then uh, Stephen Wright from Boston were my five starters.
1: Steven Wright, wow.
0: Well, let me let me tell you why.
1: Convince me on that one.
0: Two point one eighty RA. All One point one four whip. So both very low. So his whip, he's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's ninth in the American League in whip. He's got A low to uh, ERA, which is more than a lot of the guys above him in this list can say. He's got 103 innings pitched. He's only struck out 84, but his average is better than everyone above him on the whip list except for Marco Estrada of hits against. So he's got a 2.07 batting average. Where everyone else above him with lower whips has a much higher average. So, low average, low whip, low ERA. I'm going to go with it.
1: You know, he's a knuckler.
0: No, that's not in the stat line, Nick.
1: They were, yeah, they were talking about who uh, who's going to catch him because odds are, yeah, he's going to be an all star team. But it's extremely hard to catch a knuckleball if you're not used to that. So, he's got a personal catcher, but, <laughs> but yeah, he's a. I was giving you a hard time there, but he is having a really good year. Kind of came out of nowhere. The uh, And we went ahead and picked five relievers. There will be more than that on the team, but we just did five. But I picked Kenley Jansen, uh, closer for the Dodgers, 21 saves, 1.48 ERA, 0. 0.69 whip. Hector Rondon, 1.40 ERA, 0. 0.62 whip. So even a little bit uh, better rate stats. Fewer saves I was surprised by. I think it's just because the Cubs are killing everyone. and They're not close enough to actually get saves because he only has 13. Uh, Jairus Familia is currently leading the league in saves with 26. Uh, 2.8 ERA, 1.18 whip. is not not as good. He's struggled a little bit recently, but he's getting the job done for the Mets. Uh, Mark Melanson has been so, uh, solid as usual, 21 saves for the Pirates, 1. ERA, 1.09 whip. And then I went with the Cardinals uh, signed this guy over from Korea this year. Swung Han Oh, I think is how you say his name. I probably butchered that. Uh, His nickname over there was the Final Boss, which is awesome. (laughs) So good. Awesome nickname because he was a closer over there. But he may actually, their original closer, Trevor Rosenthal, has been always struggling. He may be getting that role pretty soon we'll see but he uh he's got 1.66 era 1.79 whip as the middle reliever for the cardinals this year so for the best uh definitely the best stats on his team in that regard so maybe he should be the closer but um and f- just to not pick all closers i wanted to pick him just because he is pro- he's having one of the best seasons for a national re- national mm-hmm. league reliever so, Jansen, Rodon, O, Familia, Melanson for the National Relief Corps.
0: All right. I've got five relief pitchers of my own, Nick, and I quite like them. Uh, starting off with Mr. Zach Britton, who's having a crazy good year. His ERA is .83. His WHIP is .80. And he has 38 strikeouts in 32 and two-thirds innings. He's 23 for 23 on saves and has only given up three runs the entire year.
1: Is that good? I think that's good.
0: Um, Yeah, I'd say considering that, oh, what do you know, the next guy on my list has also only given up three runs all year. That would be Mr. Wade Davis rocking a robust .99 ERA. He needs to lower that. Seriously, it's way too high. And a point nine five whip, and he's uh. Well, he's 18 for 19 on saves, but 26 strikeouts in 15, or sorry, 29 strikeouts in, 26 strikeouts in 27 innings. Goodness gracious, Nicholas, I can't even read. So, Wade Davis and Zach Britton, and then uh, Alex Colomb from, uh, or Colombe, I don't know how to say his last yeah, name. Calame Calame sounds yeah. fun. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, I was totally being sarcastic. All right, now I feel bad. Uh, He's my third pitcher. He's got a 1.76 ERA. Uh, He's 19 for 19, though, on save opportunities with 38 strikeouts in 30 innings. And his whip's 1.11. So I I went with him. So those are my three closers. Then I picked two uh, setup or middle reliever types. And that would be once upon a long time ago, Tiger, Andrew Miller.
1: Yeah, he's good. He's one...
0: Yeah, yeah, well we got Miguel Cabrera, so it worked out well for both of us, I suppose. Uh one ten ERA and <clears throat> sixty strikeouts in thirty two and two thirds innings.
1: Yeah, he's got a nasty slider on head-o-hole. With
0: a point yeah, point six one whip. Good luck, boys. Good luck. That's point six one, that's insane. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so Andrew Miller. And then my last pitcher was, uh, he's from the Astros. His name starts with the W and ends in Il Harris. <laughs> so he's got ERA of point eight three, with uh, his strikeout numbers, you know, a meager one per inning. Uh, but his whip is point uh, eight three. So his whip and his ERA are the exact same. Uh, .83. He's, yeah, he's only given up three runs in the year as well. So there's a theme here with my guys. .83 ERAs, .8 whips, and only giving up three runs. If you
1: hit those stats, you're you're
0: going to be pretty decent. You could play on my
1: all-star team. I'll allow it. That's impressive that Earl Chapman couldn't even make that relief core.
0: Well, his ERA is 2.7, which is about two points higher than I allow on my teams. <laughs> That's true. And, you know, I I wanted to give some non-closers... Some representation on my r- relief staff because you know what they're important too. No,
1: I respect that, and I and they have feelings. Saves aren't everything. It is
0: no, they're not because I mean your starter is rarely going to go eight innings.
1: Yeah, you could argue. You could so, argue your best pitcher shouldn't always be pitching in the ninth. He should be pitching in the most high leverage situations.
0: Mm-hmm. So, and if you've got a guy a solid middle reliever setup guy that you can tr- I mean you almost you have to trust them just as much as you trust your closer right you know
1: no I, so. the Yankees I mean it goes to show they have Miller Betances, who's another guy that probably will be an all-star and Chapman they just if they get a lead it's tough to relinquish that
0: yeah and the Royals have been that way for the last two years too
1: yeah I mean they and kind of Davis built that and model and, mm-hmm. that teams are trying to emulate now and It's interesting because a lot of people are starting to talk about, you know, the trade deadline coming up. The Yankees are not exactly in it of them trading Miller or Chapman. And I just have a hard time seeing that, first of all, because they're the Yankees and they could just sign those guys. It's not like money's an option. But if they ever want to win, they need to have those bullpen pieces. So, but
0: Well, I would love it if Andrew Miller came back to the Tigers. He
1: actually, yeah, that would be – he would be huge for them that bullpen piece. Although Rodriguez has been a good closer for you guys, but he's he's right, not but young. It
0: never hurts in the in the playoffs to have more than one guy who can come out of the bullpen. Not that the Tigers would ever know because they just you know sign
1: old guys. He will cost a pretty penny in trade, and then whenever I think he's a free agent after next year, he's gonna get a nice hefty closer deal for some team.
0: Well, you know we drafted him so could be maybe the tigers
1: i i would not be shocked if after next like, year i'd
0: rather shell out money for a guy like him than for tory hunter or joe nathan yeah which oh wait we did we did for both of those players and it didn't really work out did he's it? Uh,
1: he's making a comeback with the cubs joe nathan J-
0: oh, God. of course he is cuz why why oh, that's so
1: frustrating he wants a ring
0: <laughs> i know but my point is like he's 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 okay again like he was terrible when he was with the tigers
1: I think he's still terrible.
0: Oh, I thought you said he's making a comeback. Like he's actually good no, again. No, he's. I mean, he's still in the minor I mean, league. Oh, he's just ring. He's just ring hunting. Yeah. So. That's fair. You know, whatever.
1: Well, nice. We'll see if uh, if the people are smart enough to follow our researched back teams.
0: <laughs> yes, we'll see if the masses mm. are as intelligent as not we are, Nick. P- Way to
1: <laughs> not pick all Cubs, Cardinals, Yankees, Red Sox, like they used to.
0: I was gonna say if they want to watch that game, they just watch Sunday Night Baseball. Oh, <laughs> sick burn, man, sick burn. All right, any closing thoughts, sir?
1: No, I think it was a good show.
0: I think it was too. I think it was too.
1: Write us, tell us what we did wrong. Yeah, give us yeah. feedback.
0: Tell us how how you can't believe we didn't pick the person we probably should have picked. So, <laughs> especially on my list. Pete Rose. <laughs> well, I kind of expected you to laugh at my pitching choices and i'm glad you didn't so
1: no you presented very objective and convincing facts to back your argument so well thank uh, you sir i'm one to yeah i'm open to reason and to differing points of view
0: well see that is why skip bayless is on television and i'm not because he doesn't understand those things Why did I bring him up? That's a terrible way to end the show. I'm so mad at myself.
1: You always bring up the people that we don't want to just give any notoriety to. I can't
0: help it. I'm sorry. They just make me. Anyways, we're going to end the show on a happy thought. Nick, what's a happy thought?
1: Babies. Yes, babies. Okay, bye.